0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Disciples' Quest. My name is Justin. I'm Will. And on today's episode, we will be discussing Romans chapter 4. It's going to be very exciting to get into this section of Romans. I can't wait to get into it. But before we get into the episode for today, uh, William, how did your week go?
1: It went pretty good. Man, it's been a while, hasn't
0: it? <laughs> it has. For those it's listening, been... we did uh, an episode, I guess it was three weeks ago, Yeah. on the gifts of tongues.
1: If they listen to it consistently, the podcast, then they would know just because of, you know... Yeah, the way we broke it <laughs> up. So it feels like we're coming back from a vacation
0: or something. Yeah, because our our gift of tongues was, uh, I think it was a four-hour podcast almost, or three hours, so we had to break it up into three parts. Uh, so yeah, we have a bit of catching up to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about my last three weeks... I will say in this last week, um, with my, with my job. So I'm, I do contract work. Um, and I was hired from my contract work onto a company for full time. And I got quite a decent, like, pay boost from that. Hey, that's awesome. So man. that's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And that opens up, uh, opportunities too. And now that I have that, um, Employee status, I also get access to their gym, which is oh, really? Yeah, it's nice, man. I can bring one extra person. So, if I wanted to, I could bring my wife. Um, haven't seen the gym actually. You know, I've been everywhere in that building and I can't find the gym. I kind of wonder if it's just like like, like a a broom closet. Yes, I was about to say that. Go into a broom (laughs) closet, it was an exercise bike and one weight or something. Yeah, one weight uh, made
0: out of concrete and PVC pipe.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, I had to fulfill, got you have to be able to say that there's a gym. To get to attract yeah. employees, but then you know, you just threw something together. It's just shared with the janitor, too. The janitor, she's <laughs> coming in, yeah. He
0: keeps coming and filling up his mop bucket. Yeah,
1: anyway. Uh, so that's my week. How's your week?
0: My week was good, it was busy. Um, fun news for myself is that uh, me and some coworkers, we've been talking about it for a while since a lot of us like basketball. Uh, we wanted to start a men's league and we finally did we got the team together Mm. and uh i haven't played men's league since before covid so it's uh competitive there's referees and you play in uh in really nice basketball gyms in the city i get to play in the sports for life building by main street and i'm really looking forward to it (laughs) our team name uh i didn't choose it i gave all my suggestions which were all denied uh but we ended up going with the sweaty lemons which yeah a bunch of men and we're called the sweaty lemons and we have a nice logo of a a lemon with sweat on them <laughs> scale of one to 10 what do you think will
1: I wanted to well, go I, th- I totally I totally understand why you didn't tell me the team name till now um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that raw reaction better than Mazat I think yet. it's great it's a great name and I hope you do well and that's Sounds like you got a good team, so I'm really happy for you. You are not know, lying is a
0: sin, William. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I can't wait. I'm very competitive, so I, I, I can't wait for the games. And uh, so yeah, that's fun. I get to practice once a week again, too, and it's been really nice. I've been enjoying the weather, I guess. And then yesterday, I got to hang out with a lot of friends. Uh, William and his wife and his uh, siblings came over to our house, and I had some other family friends came over, and I hadn't seen them in a while. I, uh, we had a good time catching up, playing some board games, played this Minecraft game, Scattergories, and a couple other games. And it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, that was really fun. I really enjoy. I, I Sometimes I think when I hear someone you know having a board games night, I always hesitate because it doesn't sound fun. It's called board games for a reason. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, then when you play them. I call it
1: the... board, B-O-A-R-D, and call it board, B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But then also when I start playing board games, I kind of forget that they are fun, mm-hmm. especially with people that, you're, that, you're, uh, that you like and that you love. So, All right. So I think we're going to get on to the podcast for today. So we'll be reading from Romans chapter 4, and we'll read through the entire chapter. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who has justified the ungodly, his faith is cre- credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the, to the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven. And whose sins have been covered. Blessed is a man whose sin in Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. But then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised, not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. Yeah. And he received the sign of circumcision a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised, that righteousness might be credited to them. And the father of circumcision, to those who not only are of the circumcision, but also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants That he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that we may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all descendants, not only to those who are not to the law, not of, or sorry, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are not of faith of Abraham <clears throat> Abraham, who is a father of us all. As it is written, A father of many nations have I made you, in the presence of him who has in the presence of him who he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which has been spoken so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake, Only it was written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Okay, so starting with verse 1. What -hmm. then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. That first statement, I guess, is going to pose the question, which comes next. Uh, which I guess I'll I'll just say that next part, anyways. Sure. For, for what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So, right mm-hmm. there, that kind of shows us that. Well, many Jews at the time, um, in like G- Christ's time, but also the Jews beforehand. Yeah. Um, not all of them, but many of them had figured. That Abraham was an example of justification through works, Uh, as most also believe now today in the Catholic Church and some other churches as well. But Paul is pointing out here that it was his strong faith that pleased God, not his works. And that little section that it shows there, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, that's from Genesis 15, chapter 6
1: right so he was righteous because he believed in god right not because of his works which is the point that paul is making in this passage that's interesting then because so the question you're asking earlier has to do with this doesn't it Mm -hmm. it's like well it says it in genesis he was righteous because of his faith not because he fulfilled the law because if it was if you're only made right through the law then arguably he would have had had to have had the law First, Mm -hmm. in order to have been ratious. Well,
0: it's just interesting because, like, there, I have a statement here from old rabbis that would say, We find uh, this from uh, like an ancient passage from a rabbi said, We find that Abraham, our father, has performed the whole law before it was given. Abraham was perfect in all his deeds with the Lord. So the rabbis would argue that Abraham kept the law perfectly before it was given, uh, which he didn't, by the way, but they felt like he fulfilled the law perfectly, which is why he was justified, which is why God made that statement. Hmm. But it doesn't say that, what's the wording? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. I guess there it are two say,
1: different definitions of faithfulness, right? He, yeah. So they're taken as the definition of he was loyal to him.
0: Right, but they were saying about him fulfilling all the law, which is because of the actions that he did, that is why he's right in God's eyes. Hmm. It's the actions he did which isn't what saves you. It's the belief in God. But then I guess that begs the question, well, what does that mean? And I don't want to get too deep, but I think it's important to make the distinction because we're bringing up the works or faith thing, which is what does it really mean when you say you believe in God? So if God looked at Abraham's life and said that he was justified, not of his works, which is in all over the New Testament as well, but it looks like he's saying it here in Genesis, what did he see in Abraham in order for him to come to that conclusion, or what does it mean for us to tr- to truly believe in Jesus, if we are going to be saved? What would that look like?
1: You can believe. I mean, is it just a thought? Like I think yeah, I not, think God exists. Oh, absolutely! That's all it is. That's all you have to do, and then you're saved immediately.
0: What if I say? <laughs> I, what if I say I believe that God exists and I think He created the world, and I think Jesus was a really good guy? Is that enough to save me?
1: Uh yeah, I guess not. I mean, if you if you just say that yeah, God exists but continue living in your sinful ways, you know, the Bible makes it pretty clear that you're not really saved. And and even in James it talks about that, you know, you better tell whether or not you're really a Christian by your fruit. Yes. So, if um what I guess it means to to be faithful to God uh, and to believe in him probably means to Follow him, right? Not just to admit that he probably exists or that he does exist, but to to follow him and try to serve him, um, which would then entail, you know, repenting from your sin and mm-hmm. you know turning turning around completely and, and going the other direction, right? And, and uh, well, assuming you're following sin, right? <laughs> Before that, you know, and then uh, pointing towards him and just trying to set your sights on there, and and even though you'll miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you're you're targeting, right? You're targeting mm-hmm. perfection.
0: And I think I understand why. Like, I think you, you can't be too s- simplistic when you answer people. You know what faith is versus versus being saved by works, because sometimes faith can sound like works. Uh, but that's why I would when I when I would describe you know what faith is and why I'm saved by that and not by works is that. I'd say, well, what it means to believe and what it means to have faith is that it's not just that I think that God exists and that I believe that Jesus raised from the dead, which is part of it. It's that it's not just that I think it, it's that I feel it, that I have a change of heart and that it's not just that I think God exists. is that you can see it. Yeah, that I have a, you, you see that I have a change of heart and that I am willing to pick up my cross and follow him. Now, that sounds like an action. Am I saying, therefore, that I'm saved by works? No, um, because <clears throat> what I describe as, um, if, if I was saved through faith, that is me receiving the free gift mm-hmm. of God. It's a it's just me receiving it. If yeah. I was saved by works, that means that I'm earning the gift of God, mm-hmm. that I have to earn it. So that doesn't work for me because salvation is given by faith, Uh then it is just me accepting that free gift that God gave me. Mm -hmm. And then I am saved now. Now now the Bible talks about should I now live? Should I go on sinning that my faith may increase by no means? So I am to now follow Christ and follow his commands. But which is works, like you'll see it in my fruit, but that isn't the part that ultimately saves me. What saves me is me accepting the, the gift of God, the free gift of God, where if it was the other way, That would be me earning the gift of God through the things that I do. So if salvation was obtained through works, would it not be that it's us that earn our salvation? It means that we would earn it. So it's not God who chooses to give it to us. It's not God who chooses to give it to us out of his love. It's the fact that I earn it through me showing him through my actions. And then he goes, okay, you know, because I see you that you're following me now, I will save you. Yeah, like the analogy that I heard uh, on a sermon that I really liked. He said, "If you work a full two weeks, do you feel that your boss is being gracious and generous and loving to give you your pay?" You would say no, um, because that's what you're owed for the work you did. It's expected. Mm-hmm. So, using that same using that same analogy. Um, with our relationship with God, is it works that saves us? Um, is it all the things that we do during that week? Or are sorry, is it all the actions we've made in our life to say, now God, now because I've done all these things, am I saved? And he'd say, yes. No, it's not. The Bible doesn't, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says that. That through our actions, now be, now we can look at God and say, look, look at all the things that I've done. Look at all the things I've, look at all the good I've done. Look at how I followed you, God. I need salvation now. I earned it. I deserve it because of how I followed you. That's what a faith by works, or that's what salvation by works would look like to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'd say that I can. Com- um, you put it very well. You know, there was once this uh, podcast I was listening to. Um, by there's this guy that Mike he, Winger. No he was on the Lex Freeman podcast, actually. okay. Yeah, he was a Christian. And he said that he was, throughout his life, he's always had really good discipline. And so he once basically just stopped eating sugar when he was a teenager. He didn't eat it again until he was in university. Wow. All together. Like, he was just like, he would always exercise these great feats of self-discipline. And one day, he, his friends got him to try out drugs and, like, cocaine, and, you know, some of the harder ones, and... He couldn't get off of it. And um, it was frustrating for him because he he couldn't... He was very well educated. At least that's what he made it sound like. But he, he couldn't get off the drugs no matter how hard he tried. And he couldn't understand why his discipline wasn't working for that. And he was always, always an atheist. And he started researching different ways on how started looking at about different people that turned around their life when they were in drugs. And um, he said, by far, the people that had the most radical change were people that turned to Christ. And so, hmm. um, he's like, I don't really believe in Christ, but um, I'm willing to try anything. So, let's give this a try. Let's start following world. God. Yeah. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to have faith in God and to really believe in him? And he's like, "Hey, well, I guess I'll serve him, and I'll and I'll behave as if he is, and I'll think as if he is, and so I'll pretend that there's someone watching me, even though I'm not quite sure he's there." Hmm. And he's like, "Well, then that changed his entire life because now he's getting up and he's behaving as if God is watching him. So when he gets up, he doesn't he doesn't hit the snooze button, or he's discouraged from he the snooze button because God is watching him." Mm. and not in a tyrannical way, but in a kind of a loving father way. Yeah. And he's like, well, I want to serve him, so I'm going to make my bed, and I'm going to put the clothes away, right? And I'm going to treat my wife right. And he, didn't have, he wasn't married at the time. And then, and all those things. Yeah. And does that mean he never failed or sinned ever again? Probably not, but that's probably what it means to genuinely believe and have faith oh yeah, I forgot the best part, or he said that after he started believing in God, he effortlessly stopped doing drugs. Now it's not going to be for every person. Yeah. Obviously. It's not like (laughs) every drug addict out there needs to turn to Christ, and then you effortlessly stop doing drugs. (laughs) But, um... And if I can go a little bit off topic with this story, he actually said that he was reading books about people, scientists, that were trying to prove the existence of God. Um... And he couldn't do it with the scientific method. Mm -hmm. But he said the most convincing evidence to him wasn't even the empirical evidence. He's like, all right, so you can't convince me that way. But even he's like, even if I did see empirical evidence, like, um," he's like, I probably still wouldn't believe, which I thought was interesting. Uh, He's like scientific evidence. You know, there's always a way around that. But to him, the anecdotal evidence was was far more powerful. Mm -hmm. And all the stories of the different anecdotal evidence. Hmm. But anyways, okay, but yeah, back to faith. So I think that's probably what it means to really believe and have faith, is to genuinely try to turn your life around and, and serve him and and point your intentions at him, even though that you're still going to fail anyways. But, uh, I mean, behaviorally speaking, but I think you probably articulated it
0: so oh, the best my I only possibly co- My could. only question to how you worded it would be the way you— it was said now correct me if I'm reading it wrong was that sure. because of those because of the actions in his life, that's what showed you what faith was. Um, because of the things he did, you, but is that what, by is the, that what saved
1: him? you see by his fruits, but no, it wasn't that. It's because Is that he, what he
0: is that what made him righteous in God's eyes, as this verse would word it like?
1: No, like if he was a different I guess what I was trying to demonstrate is that if he was a different person then he might not, you know, get out of bed. You might hit the sneeze button. He might not make his clothes. He might fail to do those things even though he's trying to do it for God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what makes him righteous. It's it's his intention, right? The mindset right. that I'm going to behave that there, like there's a God out there, or as a lot of Christians, I don't know if they do behave as if there really is a God out there. Um, I mean, I say a lot. It's kind of a broad term, mm-hmm. but anyways... So it was just like his mindset to me. That's what made it. It's like he still failed. It wasn't, it's like, at what rate does your action suddenly make you a Christian? Like, what line do you cross until it's like, okay, well, you've done the right thing X number of times in a day. Therefore, now you're a Christian. Right. I yeah. mean, that is not, choice.
0: The, yeah, that's not the line that God would look at. Yeah, it's, it's more, more of his choice
1: heart. to follow God and yeah. his choice to turn his life around. It's like,
0: um, Him him accepting that free gift of God saying that you know I believe that Christ is the son of God raised from the dead and is here to save me of my sins Uh, and it doesn't have to be a physical confession but a a mental agreement is what saves you and it's not the other things but by no means do I believe am I saying that the works aren't at all important I think like William said earlier, it's the fruit, right? So the faith is the tree and the fruit is, well, the works. And that's, it's a secondary factor of believing in God. If you do believe in God, you will see that change. If you don't see that change, I don't think you believe in God because that means that like, I don't know if I said, I believe that I could win. I don't know if I believe I can win uh, this next basketball game. I have coming up this Sunday. I truly believe it. Mm -hmm. And then I go in and I waste my time and I walk around instead of running, and I don't put in the effort, and I lack on defense. Do I really? Did I really believe that I could win that game? Well, you wouldn't yeah. believe it by wh- how I act. Yeah, exactly. you would. I act like I don't think that.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I also think that, um, like, I mean, okay, because he did turn his life around. I, if I was uh, his friend and his story happened as as he said, then I would say that I can tell by his fruit that he is a Christian. Yes, but if he. um when I say, well, but, but if he still struggled with drugs for a long time after that, I'm not saying he isn't. Mm-hmm. I can tell by his fruit that he is. I can't necessarily tell by your fruit, that you're not necessarily, but depending if the I'm effort? really, well, th- that's just yeah. it. It's like, do I see the effort? It depends on the situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, so I might be able to more confidently say of one person than another. It kind of depends on the situation.
0: Uh, the last part I want to say about this verse, I know we talk a lot about the first three verses, as we always do, is it says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And that term is going to be used throughout this section, righteousness. Uh, I'll read on, and I want to continue this thought. Mm -hmm. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what it is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So throughout this, and I'm going to continue to the next verse, you're going to see it all over the righteousness, righteousness. And I think it's because God, when he absolves absolves us of our sins, that doesn't make us pure, that doesn't make us perfect, that doesn't make us innocent, that doesn't make us good. But in his eyes, he sees us as righteous, as in Mm -hmm. he has forgiven us and we are righteous in his eyes. And I think there's an important reason why they chose to use that word instead of good or perfect or pure. Because we're not, yeah. but when we're in heaven one day, we will be perfectly pure and in, in new bodies.
1: I agree, and it depends on how you're using the word righteous. Yeah, that's in this true. context, they're just meaning just that. It's like God, the cross covers our sins, right? And so, uh, so He
0: absolves us of our sins. So He paid the penalty. So we are pure, and
1: you know, what's the saying? White as snow. We are pure and righteous in His eyes, in that way. Yes, in that way. Yeah. I will. I will say. Well, we I've heard we
0: aren't without sin now.
1: Yeah, and I will say that I've actually heard like people play war games where with this whole concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not even that too, that much long ago, I was hearing someone be like, <laughs> "It's like how many of you think that you're as righteous as a bunch of Christians? How many of you think you're as righteous as?" this person, are more righteous than, like, Adolf Hitler, and everyone raises their hand. Like, how do people yeah. be more righteous than so-and-so? And you move down the line, uh, Mother Teresa, and then, like, two people raise their hand. And then how do people think you're as righteous as Jesus Christ And no no raises their hand? They're like, actually, you're wrong. You're all righteous as Jesus Christ, because God washed you washed you with the blood, and now you're pure, and it's like, okay, but wow. what, the way that you're implying it makes right. it insinuate... Like you're on the same level. That you're talking...
0: That's like the little gods theory or something.
1: No, no, I mean, I get what he was saying. Like, that's not what I was getting at, but, like... The way that he was, I don't know, wording it was insinuating that um, the righteous thing is he was talking about like you know actually their their, their behavior their conduct essentially, and so that's what they it was in their heads. Oh, I see. And they were like, oh, I'm not as righteous as this person. I'm not as good as that. You know, it's like they're talking about it, he made it. He made them think that you are talking about. Their, their conduct and their behavior and then suddenly he flips it out and goes actually I'm talking about how God sees you or something like that hmm. it's hmm. like well they they could be talking about two different things right if I, I say I'm as saying. righteous like uh, I care about trying to be righteous I'm always going to miss the mark you know exactly what I'm saying yeah but then you could also go back and be like actually well you are righteous Right. And it's
0: like hey well that's not what I'm saying though right uh, yeah anyway. exactly but God's got a long list of all the things we've done wrong trust me yeah. Mine's one of those scrolls that like Bugs Money would pull out and just roll across the entire world. And then when we ask God into our lives and Christ into our lives, he rips it up and he burns it. Uh, saying, yeah. that you know, I remember your sins no more. That's what it, mean, it means by righteousness. That we are now mm-hmm. righteous in his eyes.
1: That's good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the analogy. But funny. I like that. There's like uh, Mike Winger was saying, he's like, uh, think of it as this way. There's some like... Government thing like tracker in your car, and it's detecting every single time you go over the speed limit. Every oh, I time heard him say you say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. do like a roll across a stop sign. Yeah. Every time you do something wrong on the road, and then at the end of your life, they hand you this massive bill of every tiny infraction on it. You know, it's yeah. charged and it leads to this enormous amount, and you're like, well, that's not great. <laughs> yeah. And then God he just kind of comes and rips it up, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what it is, because he sees every single infraction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is a man whose sin the Lord will not take into account.
1: Yeah, so it talks about God absolving people of their sins and that. Psalms, a eh?
0: mm, Yeah, so this psalm is really good. I'll read so, just a section of it. Sure. It says, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is a man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and whose, in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I keep silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer i acknowledged my sin to you and my iniqu- iniquity i did not hide i said i will confess my transgressions to the lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin therefore let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when we may be found when you may be found surely in a flood of great waters they will not reach him you are my hiding place you preserve me from trouble you surround me with songs of deliverance I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be as the horse or as a mule, which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and brittle, to hold them in check. Otherwise, he will not come near to you. Many are the sorrows in the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous ones, and shout for joy all who are upright in heart. So this is essentially that's like the story of forgiveness.
1: Yeah. That's a part of the that's a big part of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. So interesting in Psalms.
0: Yeah, the way it's worded in Psalms sounds I know it sounds silly to say this. It sounds so Christian. And it's because Jews would argue, you know, the Old Testament
1: wouldn't have anything like that. Yeah, right? it wouldn't
0: have anything like that. But to me this is just ultimate concepts of Christianity. Obviously, it's all over the Old Testament. But just how blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sins are covered. But, I mean, at the time, the only way they really saw that was through ritual and um, other ways to show their dedication to God.
1: I can kind of see how, like, the Jewish people, though, would, like, fall out of looking at, you know, the finer um, nuances. Like, the the sing- like, let's just say you're given a bunch of laws, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your authorities in that country are going to put it upon themselves to really push that concept, right?
0: Right, like that's your true. Like
1: priest or whatever, because that's their job, and mm-hmm. that's what you're going to be hearing a lot of the time, and the priests are going to have, you know, and Read you— Read their ideologies
0: into the text.
1: Uh, yeah, there's that too, but they're also going to, like, you know, make more laws because they're politicians, right? Right. And which is what happened. It got really convoluted after a while. And so, um, and so been, before you know it, that's the problem with mixing religion with uh, that deeply into government is that at some point, um, uh, it, it kind of muddies the water. So I can kind of see how that would happen, though. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, yeah, now it's just tradition, right? Um, anyway, I'm talking about things I don't understand, so <laughs> I'm going to shut up. Anyways.
0: And it's just, it's giving a blessing to people that have accepted Christ, right? Blessed is a mm-hmm. man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Now, yeah. the Lord, we see that as God, but we see that as the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. So maybe at the time in Psalms, some Jewish people would, uh, you know, obviously they would just claim it's just the Father speaking. But we believe that God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is the one who forgives us of our sins because of him sending a son to die for us on the cross. That is what gives us forgiveness. And it's saying, blessed is a man who makes that decision to follow him.
1: Yeah. Right there in the Old Testament. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Can I read the next one? Yep, go ahead. Now, is this blessing only for the Jews, or is it also for the uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did that happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. Uh, I read from nine to uh, n- ten. Yeah,
0: yeah. This is interesting, hey.
1: Um. Well, he would have. He's basically just making the logical argument that he would have had to have been if he was counter righteous before even yeah. got circumcised. It yeah. couldn't be the circumcision that made him righteous, mm-hmm. or like those those purity rituals, right? Yeah, exactly. That they would perform. It's like um, clearly there was things that were actually morally wrong, and there was things that God actually detested.
0: Yeah. But and we made that analogy a uh, few episodes ago when we mentioned the circumcision, that it's kind of like how a wedding ring is a sign of marriage. Circumcision was a sign of your following of God. And uh, and also part of it was sanitary purposes, but uh, that's besides the point. The main reason they did it was for a, sh- a symbol of their dedication to God.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was a number of, number of benefits that come from something like that.
0: Um, so. so then, I mean, this... Following that logic would tell us that if it, that was if that was the case, that God did see it as it says in the scripture, by the way, this is Old Testament, not New Testament, that God saw him as righteous before he was circumcised, well, what does that mean about circumcision t- for today then? Well, it's not needed. Well, at least for this specific reason, in God's eyes, it isn't needed for salvation. Because if one of the most righteous men that were in the Bible was not even circumcised and God saw him as righteous, does that not mean that all of his um, ancestors, which is us, would that not apply to us too? I mean, you could try to say that yeah, maybe it doesn't. He was just dozen.
1: circumcised in, in spirit. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was, a, <laughs> it was a spiritual circumcision.
1: Although in Romans, they also talk about that somewhere, I believe, too, right? Where yeah, There's like, an analogy with that, yeah. They're just like, okay, well, they're... In I can't remember exactly what it said. Basically, that they they basically saying that they are uh, essentially circumcised, even though they're not, or something like that, mm-hmm. because they're still following through. With, um, they're still following God. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I like how um my Bible uh I like how my Bible notes kind of put it. it. Says you know. Abraham was declared righteous some 14 years before he was circumcised. So he was circumcised in Genesis chapter 17, but this section where God cl- counted him as righteous was in Genesis 15.
1: Yeah, you would have thought God would have given him the order to circumcise himself immediately if it was actually that serious.
0: Yes, he would have been circumcised first and then seen other actions. God said his, he was righteous after those things, but he said it before. So the
1: circumcision of, upon other rituals, which is the means to an end, then. Yeah, yeah.
0: essentially. Uh, that's telling us like circumcision was amongst other things, the outward sign of the righteousness that God has credited to Abraham for his faith so that Abraham is the father of believing Gentiles, uh, the uncircumcised, which is what it says in 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while uncircumcised so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised. Yeah. That righteousness might might be credited to them. So he believed that, like, so God justified him before he ever had the mark of the Jew, which would be the circumcision. Yeah,
1: I Um, guess it does kind of make sense that cutting the tip of your penis off doesn't make you holy automatically. Yeah.
0: Verse 13 For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be the heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the f- law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. I think I'll read the next section too. Yeah. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Mm-hmm. So, this is concluding that it's God's grace and His mercy on us that is what. Interesting. It it, it is that's what saves us. Uh, The law is important, like we've mentioned in many other episodes on Romans and Hebrews too. The law is important, and it's not only is it important; I think it should be daily read and followed. But at the end of the day, you can follow the law all the days of your life as hard as you can. But there are going to be times where you don't hit the mark. And to me, right, if we look at Judaism and you look at Islam and you look at some of the other world religions, there's really that what-if factor. Like, well, I think my good deeds have outweighed my bad deeds. I've done a lot of good, you know. At the end of my life, yeah, you know, I did that sin. But that must leave you with such questioning like if i were jewish or or a muslim like well how big was that sin that i did i mean it was pretty bad but how how much does that mean to god and how much does that tick me down on the goodness level to where i might not be able to enter heaven that's to me that's such a hard concept to wrap my head around like i feel like it'd be uneasy when i get old and sick i'm like well i sure hope i did enough good (laughs) if that's really what it was about
1: yeah i mean I understand why people would assume that's what it's about. It just, when you actually boil it down to it, <clears throat> boil it down to its base components, it's kind of a silly notion. How so? Uh, good outweighs your bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if that's the case, if a doctor does saves uh, ten lives and kills one person, should he be punished for it? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's actually a good point. What do you mean by outweighs? And that's what I meant. Like, well, what, how, how bad does God look at this sin?
1: I mean, if he's yeah, I mean, if he's narcissistic, and when I say kill, I, like let's just say that he, he's he's a doctor, so he saves ten people's lives, but he's narcissistic, he and, one. and uh, it's not that he wasn't able to; is that he murdered him, right? Oh, I see. And I'm saying is, yeah. does he deserve to be punished? Is the answer right. what if he goes in before the judge be like, one, yeah, I know, I I killed this guy slowly by. Cutting off his like, I strangled him to death because yeah. um, I didn't like I the was way. Angry. Yeah, I was mad because you know whatever reason. Um, let's just make it something kind of petty to to have people emotionally connect with this idea. Uh, he was angry because uh, think of something silly. a cut off in traffic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then so he, he stra- reminds him of his ex girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <He> reminds- <laughs> So so he strangles him, and then he goes before the judge and be like, yeah, but my good outweighs my bad. Right. I, I saved far more people than I've ever murdered, I mean, I mean, even though I'm a sociopathic killer. And you know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, would the judge be a good judge or a bad judge if he said, yeah, that adds. Okay, you're, you're free to go.
0: Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we're looking at it too simplistic. Maybe uh, Jews and Muslims do have a different way to look at it concerning this question. Because, yeah, you would have to ask, like, well, how bad does God look at that bad? would that one murder completely take away the 10 good things that I've done? How many good things do I have to do to where it now is balanced out? That's a hard concept. Does God only know? That's kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, I'd be uneasy at the end of my life. I'm like, well, you know, and maybe that's why the people that do really believe in Judaism and Islam take it so seriously because they're scared of what happens if I don't don't follow it enough. That it seems like... The people that I do know that call themselves a Muslim or a Jew, are really following it. And when I look at the people that say they're a Christian, don't you know it's it's less so because maybe they feel like they really need to harp on it. And you know, like part of me respects that because it really means that they try they're trying to believe it. But are they believing it because they think it's true? Or are they believing it out of fear? Because that's not really believing, then. I wonder.
1: Hmm. It's not really believing if you're believe me because
0: you're afraid? I don't think so. I don't think it's genuine if it's because you're scared of the consequences if you don't.
1: I like that thought. It's reassuring. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's true. I don't know. How many people become Christians because they're afraid of going to hell? I I mean, I probably did.
0: I think I said that in my testimony episode that that was one of the first reasons I wanted to believe in God is because I was scared of the concept of death. And not being in heaven and not being where it's nice and fluffy and soft, but it, we would be burning and anguish and and everything like that.
1: I actually don't think that's necessarily a bad reason to become a Christian. I think that's a very valid reason. I, I so people say that that's you know not a good reason to become a Christian. I think that's probably pretty normal and healthy to be afraid of something like that.
0: That's fair, I guess. But
1: yeah. um, I think as time goes on. If that's the only way you see it as something that I have to do this, then uh, in order to get into heaven, I have to, and I ought to, and all these kinds of things, then you're probably going to start resenting God at some point because you're going to see him more tyrannical than you are going to say. If you say, I love you and I want to, then Mm -hmm. you're going to have a different psychological outcome. That's
0: more of a genuine faith as opposed to like, oh, you know, God's my ticket onto this train of a good life. Yeah. And I guess I'll follow him just so I don't, you know drowned and burned. Okay.
1: Uh, All right, I'll read from 17. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Yeah, and so this is just a continuation of the other thought when he was just like, you know, God is going to give Abraham the whole world. It's like that's what it means when God told him, I have made you a father of many nations. He's like... He's saying, but that's he's talking about the entire planet. Um of believers, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not just people, not just the Jewish heritage or people that have been circumcised. Um this happened now just in case I was circumcised, but that's beside the point. Uh this happened <laughs> because Abraham believed now. I snuck that in real carefully. So let's see <laughs> yeah, if you catch noticed. it. <laughs> let's see if you can catch it on I hope editing. So.
0: Justin, I hope you catch this.
1: I think he's just pointing at how powerful God is when he says that this is the God that brings the dead back to life and he creates new things out of nothing. Shung. Stating that he has the authority to make him the father of all nations.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of talking about where, like you know, by the way, here is the type of authority that I have that he can give life to the dead, which he did many times. And calls into being that which does not
1: exist. Which breaks the laws of thermodynamics. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm thinking about the example of, you know, making Adam from the dust of the ground.
1: Yeah. And Isaac. Well, that doesn't necessarily break the laws of thermodynamics, but, um, I mean, we can't do that yet. Calls
0: into being which does not exist. You can even think just, you know, even the but creation of the earth itself out yeah, of nothing.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a thing that doesn't make any sense. It's like if you can actually just but make I mean, it, making a matter, human
0: out of dirt, that makes sense. No, it
1: it doesn't make sense but it doesn't necessarily break the laws of thermodynamics.
0: What's the law of thermodynamics? It, well, you can it doesn't
1: break the law of thermodynamics to take m- molecules and reconstruct them into something else. We okay. just can't. It would take serious breaks in science that we haven't figured out yet. But um it, um you know the whole the thing in Star Trek that m- makes things like you print a sandwich, basically, it doesn't break the law of thermodynamics. Oh, I the see. Thermodynamics I see. basically says you can't create and, and destroy uh, energy or matter, right? Oh, um, right. Whereas right. God can, so that's what <laughs> breaks it right, right. there. Um, there's there's computational limits on things, and there's there's limits on there are limits on how fast you can go. That's the law of thermodynamics. There's limits too. Um, that's that's more of what I'm talking about.
0: So, verse eighteen. In hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which has been spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. Yeah.
1: So showing how important faith was. Maybe that's why God chose him, actually.
0: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Because he knew that he would have strong faith despite the circumstances he was in, despite all he went through. Like, really, the chances of me and Sarah having child, I'm a 100. Like, I'm barely holding on to life here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yet, you're saying that me and my wife, who is also, I don't remember her age, do you remember? And Sarah was 90 years old. Can, I can't imagine in my mind right now a 90-year-old lady giving birth.
1: It might be a case of, yeah, that would be nuts. It might be a case of also, like, right person, the right time, in the right place. Like, you might, maybe Adam would have had enough faith, but, you know, it wasn't the right time to start mm. that lineage.
0: So yeah, Abraham, is but the right. I believe that God did choose specific people for specific reasons. He knew their weaknesses, their strengths, and how to yeah.
1: use them. So it might be that Abraham was the person of the right amount of faith mm-hmm. that was needed to carry the task in the right place, the yeah. right time.
0: And here's the thing, though: the important part of the section says, "Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith." So God promised him something, and. <clears throat> I would hope that if I was in this position and God himself promised me something that I would hold to that faith. But yeah. it's so hard to actually picture myself in that scenario. I can't say that.
1: Yeah, because you might be second-guessing that maybe he is God or something. Yeah. Like people basically came and visited him and said we're from God. Yeah. And so so it's like, it, I mean, if I knew 100% sure this was the creator of the universe promising me something, I might believe it. But it might be hard to have faith that, because your brain just would... Depending on what it is, doubts. Yeah. It would reap so many doubts and just being in a position where you haven't seen many miracles and and suddenly God had.
0: Yeah. And what God had promised him just breaks human nature. What do you mean? Like, women's ovaries don't work at 90 to create a child. You're just like, they "Hmm, stop much, much before then. then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, what? Like, yeah, I would probably say, I don't know if I would have the faith. That he had, that Abraham had, which is why he's in the Bible and not. But, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so, because God promised him, he says he did not waver in his unbelief. He just kept strong. Nope. Nope. God promised me. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to keep having faith. I'm going to keep staying in prayer. I'm going to keep following God because he mm-hmm. promised it to me. And then his promise came true. Yeah. That's nuts. Nice. And it was his faith that God saw as righteous. So in 21, it says, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to also, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake, only it was written that it was credited to him. Should I keep going to the end? I guess Mm. I, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited as those who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. But so, yeah, I mean, what we see in Abraham is what you would call true faith because it says it didn't waver. He followed through to God. He didn't stop believing in God. And I'm sure that in this time when God promised him that you would see it in his fruit as well. Hmm. Uh, So, it's saying, just like Abraham had that type of faith in God, that's a type of faith that you need to have in Christ. That is an example of living by faith and not just of works, thinking that' that's, that's gonna what's gonna get you into heaven. So it's interesting right that I, I like this section, giving an Old Testament example of someone that God saw as righteous through their faith and saying this is what it looks like to live by faith and this is how you should live. And look at Christ and what He did for you.
1: I guess I kind of see what your Bible was saying, actually, because the note is written in a way like it's almost addressing the same people that Paul was addressing when he's writing this letter. It's like, well, right. a- if it was Abraham, I guess that what you said was right. It must, it must be maybe didn't word it like that, but that must be what it's talking about. That's mm. the only thing I can think of, because he's basically that's what Paul was doing is he's holding Abraham up on a pedestal and saying, well, if it was, I mean, even Abraham, you know, was righteous before he was circumcised some years before. So if he uh, was justified and righteous because of his faith, then everyone must be.
0: So I want to quickly read this section from Isaiah chapter 53. Sure. And uh, to kind of end this section here, just it reminded me of it when I read it saying that he who was delivered over because of our transgression and was raised because of our justification. When we read in Isaiah 53, uh, I'll start at verse 3. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, yet we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The the chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. So it says, he was pierced for our transgressions. Just like this says, he who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So that sacrifice that God made, um, sending his son to die for our sins. All that we had to do was, all we had to do is accept that fact and live our lives according to how Christ would and pick up our cross and follow him and live like as much as we can like him and believe God in our hearts and in our minds and, and show that. So if God is willing to send his son pure, perfect, blameless, which we aren't any of those things. Are we not to accept that and show that in our lives and if God says that what it takes for us to earn justification and earn in his eyes, be righteous in his eyes, it doesn't take a whole life of rituals and and these laws and these very specific, you know, ways that the Jews would live at the time, and it doesn't take you know burning incense uh, every single day and getting circumcised and following all these rituals. All he says is, "Look, all I'm after is your heart. I want you to accept my free gift, and that's all it takes. And you are saved." To me, I mean that. First of all, it's an ultimate showing of his love that he would. Yeah that he would do that but is that not the, something that we should strive for? More just a very attractive idea to me, which is why I'm a Christian. Yeah, for sure.
1: And not, yeah. Exactly. Not just because you're attracted to it, but also makes sense. Um what would you say to someone that basically made the argument uh how in James it says that you can tell you're Christian by your works, so a Christian will have good works. Mm-hmm. And if you have good works, um, if you have bad works, I guess you're not a Christian. Right. You know, very, very simply putting it, I guess. Yeah. It's but, more nuanced than that. But, but Kind anyways. of following that logic. Um, what would you say then if they were to make the argument then there's no difference? There's no difference between whether or not you're saved by faith or by works because if... You have good forks anyways, and what's the, what's the point of even making the distinguishment between the two?
0: Well, I think it's important because I think it, we need to know what it is that saves us in order to do it properly. Because if we were to tell others about Christ, I think it's important for us to know how it is that they can be reassured and be affirmed that Christ does forgive them of their sins and that they do have salvation through him. And when I read the scriptures, I see it everywhere. It's by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, is all I see throughout the Bible. And this is another example that he was righteous through God, by God through his faith is what God looked at, and that's what made him righteous, not these other things. But like I was saying earlier, the faith is what saves us. That is what God God's grace and forgiveness is is what saves us from our sins. Now, on top of that, now that means, well, now that I'm a Christian, what does this mean now? Now that I'm a Christian, now that God saved me, how should I go about my life honoring God? Because if I'm a Christian, that means that I have to read the Bible and understand it. The Bible says you should honor God. So how do I do that? Well, you do that by living out how Christ lived. Yeah. And living through the laws and following them. So to me, like, it's a trick, like, uh, Being a Christian, you are saved through grace, but the works are a trickle-down of that faith.
1: Do you think that there might be people out there that have lived their entire lives uh, going to church every Sunday, serving, you know, taking care of the widows and the orphans, and still might end up in hell anyways?
0: Yes. And why do you think that would be? Because their faith wasn't genuine. And although they may have appeared to have been faithful... We don't know what's really going on in their heart and in their mind. And I can't say anyone specifically that is in that situation because that's not my call, that's God's. But there are going to be people in heaven Mm -hmm. that we are surprised aren't there. And then I also think there are going to be people in heaven that we are surprised are there. And we had no idea that they were walking with Christ and maybe because we never asked them. (laughs) But then I think there are going to be people that are like, wait a minute, how come I don't see this person here? Well, it turns out that uh, their faith wasn't genuine and they were being selfish and they were they were cheating and they were, they were doing things behind the scenes that we never knew and they actually never knew God. And that's what God is going to tell us one day. Either he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, I never knew you. So on the surface, it could look like someone is saved, but only God really knows their hearts and that's what he's looking for.
1: Yeah, maybe they, they might do it, all those good things, for alternative reasons, other than just out of a willingness to serve mm-hmm. the Lord.
0: And that doesn't. by no means does that mean that God does not appreciate good works. I think when God sees us giving to charity and, and helping the, the less fortunate, God is pleased with that.
1: All right, yeah, so I mean that's pretty much to the end, he's kind of summing up the gospel. Well, a big portion of it anyways, there's more to it. But that's essentially it so yeah. And you guys are not going to see what Romans five is about. I mean, you could arguably just open your Bible and read it. You may not be hearing it from us because, uh, Justin has a little announcement to make.
0: So as of this episode, uh, this will be my last episode of the podcast, which is hard to say because I love doing this a lot and I've, I not wanted to stop, but given the circumstances I'm at with my life, uh, now, um, my full-time job and having a side business, which I'm not saying is another 40 hours, but, you know, it's enough to take away time from being able to properly research these episodes and pray and and edit and record. On top of that, with what I announced earlier in the episode with this men's league, which is only for the summer, but um, it's just too much. And if I'm going to do this, I want to be doing it with the amount of effort that I think God would be pleased with and I don't think he'd be happy if I just did it with half effort or less I would want to do it with all of my effort if I could do it so I'm not saying this is permanent I could always come back sometime in the future but at least for the time being this will be my last episode of the podcast
1: well Justin as a guy that just lost two people doing the podcast (laughs) even though I was supposed to be the one that was supposed to quit out of all three of you. Right. Um, out of all two of you, I guess. Three three of us. Anyways, I will say you'll be well missed. I guess I'm going this plain solo. I'm kidding. I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's been good. It's been a good run. I think I've talked about it with my wife, and she actually is interested in doing a bit of a different format. So we'll probably just be doing going forward conversations with people which I kind of like in some ways because it takes a bit of the pressure off you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to feel like you're publishing your your thoughts and ideas on the Bible. And, um, you know, you're just talking to people about what they think. And, I, uh, you know, puts a little more pressure on them, arguably speaking, but <laughs> I think they enjoy it too. So they don't have to edit or anything. I, I know what I like about this podcast is it's really forced me to study the Bible at a very great length, yes. far more than I ever have before, and so I think it's been fairly beneficial in that way, and so I kind of wish it was, you know, just like Justin, I wish it was still going, because I, even if we only had, you know, let's just say we only had four listeners a week, I mean, we actually have 700, thanks for asking, but uh, <laughs> no, we something like that. that. <laughs> then I still think it's worth it because of just how how it was helping us grow.
0: Mm -hmm. I am in complete agreement with that. And it's hard to leave because, like I said, how much I've grown from this. Does this mean I'll stop reading Romans? Absolutely not. Uh, just the amount of time it would take to, to research and to write notes and to edit, it's just yeah, not feasible at the moment. So
1: It is interesting how you have to be less efficient to be more efficient. Yeah, I mean, when it comes isn't to human that interesting? Nature, <laughs> it's like I have to, I could just do all this studying on my own time. Have I ever? No. Uh, it's right. taken a podcast to get me to that point.
0: Which, where it's yeah, like, I wish I could say that wasn't the case, but it is. And now it's made me, like I've said in so many episodes, it made me more excited than I ever thought I would be. Yeah. To read the scriptures, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. I really enjoyed recording this episode. You might hear from me sometime in the future. Uh, Maybe not. We'll see what God has in store. I'm following him, and uh, I felt compelled by God uh, that this is probably the right step, so, not probably, that this is the right step, so. Um, Thank you all for listening, and we're going to end with a prayer, and then William will send us off. Thank you, God for Romans chapter four and for what you showed us through Abraham of what it really truly means to have faith and thank you God for that grace that you gave us that we can have faith in you that you send your own son to die on the cross. Thank you for that gift of salvation and God I pray that we have a true faith and that We do live our lives according to how you have designed for us. And I pray that we also show good works in our day-to-day lives and that people can look at us because of those works and say that that there's something different about them. And God, I pray that you help us stand out and that you help us show that love of Christ to others. In Jesus' name, amen
1: that's all our right, time for today guys you can find this podcast on spotify google podcast and apple podcast uh we have a website disciplesquest.net where you can find all of the disciples quest activity aggregated uh thank you so much for our patreon subscribers brendan and darlene thank you so much for your support thank you so much for listening to this podcast guys and may god guide you on your quest to become better disciples bye guys
0: Bye, bye